the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today, here on Abounding Grace, we embark on a week-long journey looking at the will of man. Is it free? Is it bound up? What is free or not? Questions we'll answer next on Abounding Grace. Join us. Again, greetings and welcome to today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. This week, we tackle one of those subjects that is commonly divisive, if not dealt with properly. God's Word is rather clear on the subject, yet we still tend to muck up and muddy the waters, don't we? Free will, man's free will, what's involved, what isn't, and what does God have to say on the subject? Join us as we journey through scriptures this week to take a look at man's free will. With today's broadcast of Abounding Grace from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, here's Pastor Gary Wagner. Today I'll be speaking on the subject of free will. And as you can see, this is part one of probably a three-part series. And I do this because I truly do not believe that there is a more controversial or hotly debated subject in the history of mankind. And as you'll see next week, this has a lot to do with our series on Genesis. I also do not believe that there is any more clearly loved doctrine held by most 21st century men than the doctrine of free will. I think there is nothing a modern man cherishes more than his assumed free will. It is more precious to him than gold, silver, diamonds, God, religion, family, and anything else he possesses or knows of than his free will. At the same time, there is no more distinguishing doctrine of biblical Reformed Christianity than its understanding of free will. And nothing separates Reformed Biblical Christianity from all other religions and all other views of Christianity any more clearly than the Reformed Christian's view of free will. Man is fully accountable and fully responsible before God for all of his choices, all of the decisions he makes in this life, and yet none of those choices and none of those decisions are ultimately the determinative factors in his life and future. Now, I don't want you to get the impression that this is going to be just a nice, relevant, scholarly, philosophical treatment. It is a message 
that is going to be as personal as you can get. This subject of free will is as personal as any subject in Scripture because it's about you and the choices you made this morning and the choices and decisions you are going to make this evening and the choices and decisions you will make this week, next month, next year, and for the rest of your life. That is how personal this is. It explains why you have made all the choices and decisions you have made even thus far in your life. Now, as we look at this subject, I am not going to give you my own personal opinion. Because that wouldn't be worth your time to drive all the way to church to just hear my fallible opinion on what free will is. We are going to search God's word today and the next couple of weeks as we ask the question, what does God's word free will say to us? And that should settle it. Should it not? If I tell you what Gary Wagner's view of free will is, you may differ. And your view may be just as good as mine and probably be even better. But if God tells us, and I expound on what God tells us from His Word, then that means if my view of free will is out of accord with God's view of free will, then God should probably change His mind, don't you think? Of course not. I've got to change my view. God's Word must always be the final word in our lives, as David Pyle explained yesterday so well in our men's leadership class. Uh, For the rest of the sermon, I will explain the meaning of free will so that you will, I hope, fully understand it. And that as long as we go along, you will see that this is what the Bible teaches on this subject. God created you with a natural liberty, making you fully responsible and accountable to God for all your choices, decisions, and actions. Now, that's not only revealed in Scripture, it is universally experienced by all of us. That God has given us a natural liberty and you are fully accountable and responsible to God for all of your actions, all of your decisions, and all of your choices. Now, what is that phrase, natural liberty? That phrase is right out of RHC's creed, the Westminster Confession of Faith. To say that you have a natural liberty is to simply say, God has given you the freedom to choose whatever you want to choose. One of the great distinctives of biblical Christianity is that we are not puppets. You are not some kind of automaton with God, with God pulling the strings. You're not a little chip of wood on a shoreless, bottomless ocean being tossed about against your will. You are a human being, and your decisions and your choices are so meaningful and so significant and so important that they not only have consequences for you and for everyone you touch, They also have consequences throughout all eternity. Beloved, you are anything but a puppet. 
And one of the teachings of the Word of God is that by virtue of the fact that you are created in the image of God, that means that God has given every one of us in this room and every human being on the face of the earth throughout history the freedom to choose whatever we want to choose. Now, that doesn't mean we always have the ability to do whatever we choose to do. I may choose to fly off this platform, but that doesn't mean I have the ability to fly off this platform. Also, you've got to bear in mind that some of the most important things that happen to us in this life have nothing to do with our choices. Anyone here choose the color of your skin? Anyone here choose that you would be born? Some of the most important things in our lives, our choices and liberty, have nothing to do with. It is totally beyond us. Sometimes we can choose to do certain things, and we set a certain course, and that course just gets all fouled up. And we don't always have the wherewithal to carry out our choices. But the point that I'm trying to make today is that you are not a puppet. And God has given you a natural liberty to choose whatever you want to choose within your ability. Let's look at one little text that bears this out in Matthew 17. Very interesting little verse. Whenever God gives you a command in the Bible, the Bible always presupposes that you have the freedom to choose But notice what Matthew 17, 12 says, breaking into the middle of a sentence. And I'm not going to go through all the detail of this verse. I just want to show you this one phrase. But I say to you that Elijah already came and they didn't recognize him, but did to him whatever they wished. Of course, Elijah here referring to Christ. Whatever they wished, whatever they wanted to do, they were free to choose to do. Whatever they decided to do with him, they could choose to do with him. Mankind, all men and women, all young people have the freedom to choose whatever they want to choose. You can choose whatever you desire. You don't always have the ability to do it, but you are free to choose whatever you want to choose. Now, one of the most fundamental teachings of the Word of God on the issue of free will is to understand the relationship between the heart and our will. As you know, the Bible uses the word heart a great deal. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of this are the issues of life. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, strength, and mind. And if you look up the word heart in in your concordance, you'll see it occurs time after time after time in Scripture. And remember, the word heart does not refer to a muscle in our chest that pumps blood throughout our body. The word heart in Scripture refers to the core of you. You are 
your heart. It is the seed of your emotions, your preferences, your choices, that which determines why you look at life the way you do, that which influences and colors every aspect of your life. That's what your heart is. Even people who do not believe in biblical Christianity use the word heart in the same way. They tell the person they love, oh, I love you with all of my heart. In other words, with everything that I am. It is the deepest part of a person. And the Bible tells us that man is free to choose according to the nature and dictates of his heart. And that's just another way of saying that man is free to choose whatever he wants to choose because your heart is the source of all your want-tos. Why do you prefer this thing and not this other thing? Why would you prefer steak over yucky old Silva's liver? Actually, the question would be, why wouldn't you like steak over liver? Why do you prefer one climate over another? Why do you prefer your spouse over someone else? The source of these want-tos desires and preferences is your heart. So when the Bible says a man is free to choose whatever he wishes, whatever he wants, it's the same thing as saying that a man is free to choose whatever his heart dictates for him to choose. Your heart determines the choices you're going to make. It determines your understanding of things your perspective of things, the basic commitments and understandings at the deepest levels of your life. And those are the things that determine what you want. Now, on a superficial level, you're not going to up and want to eat a rat or some other food you consider repugnant. But maybe if you were living in some primitive country and the name of that repugnant food came to your mind, you'd you'd actually start salivating because it sounds delicious to you. But your preferences are determined by your perspective, your understanding, the commitments of your heart. So you you don't have a will that just ups and wills whatever it feels like willing. Your will is the expression of your heart's condition. What you want is what your heart wants. What you desire is what your heart desires. What you will is what your heart wills because your will is governed by your heart. Now, man is not coerced either from the outside or from the inside, to make the decisions he makes. And this is one of the basic fundamentals of Scripture. Man is not coerced from the outside or the inside to choose the things he chooses, to desire the things he desires, and to make the decisions he makes about life. He's not coerced by his environment, by his surroundings or his outside influences. 
Whereas environmental pressures are real and strong upon a person, we will still be held accountable by how we allow those environmental pressures to affect us. Therefore, we are not what our environment makes us. We are not products of our environment. We are not coerced into into a certain course, into making certain decisions, because we are slaves to environmental pressure. You know, Adam tried using that with God. And he most certainly didn't get away with it. When God confronted him for his disobedience on eating the forbidden fruit, Adam said, oh, it's not my fault. You're the one who gave me that woman. It is this environment in which you place me. If you had given me a better environment, God, I wouldn't have to make such a bad decision. And God just cuts through that nonsense, and he curses Adam because it was Adam's responsibility for his own decision. He alone was fully responsible before God. You are not coerced by your environment in the decisions you make. Nor are you coerced biochemically from the inside or by some powerful compulsion that you just can't escape. But you say, sexual desire is a powerful compulsion, and, and I just can't control it. Nonsense. A person may say, I am a homosexual because he says he has of his genetic makeup, because that's the way I was born. Beloved, there is absolutely no scientific evidence for that, and the Bible totally contradicts it. You are not coerced into being what you are because of your environment or because of some biochemical makeup within, says God's infallible word. You are what you are because of the nature of your heart. You choose what you choose because of the nature of your heart. Now let's look at some verses to prove this. Let's look at Matthew 7, and you'll see Jesus making this very clear comment. Matthew seven sixteen that we read earlier, talking about false prophets and true prophets. He says, you will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? Even so, every good fruit tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, so you will know them by their fruit. Now, what is Jesus saying? He is saying the nature of the tree determines the fruit that that tree will bear. Now, is it possible for a little crab apple tree to produce gorgeous, delicious red apples? Well, actually, if you were to graft one into the other, that could be. But will an apple tree naturally bear cherries? No. Nor will a pear tree ever naturally bear apricots. The nature of the tree determines the fruit that it will bear. A bad person whose whole inside is eaten up with evil will never do anything good. 
A good person won't do something that is evil. It all depends on the nature of something as to what that fruit will bear. An apple tree only produces apple. A cherry tree only produces cherry. Only a good tree produces good fruit. It cannot produce bad fruit. A bad tree can't produce good fruit. It can only produce bad fruit. And the point that Jesus is making is the heart, your nature, that what you are at the deepest level of your life determines everything else about you including what you will do, what you will choose to do, what you decide to do. All of your choices are determined by the nature of what you are at the deepest level of your life. Now look at Jesus' statement in Mark 7. He even goes into more detail here. There were people in Jesus' day, just as in our day, who believed you are what your environment or surroundings make you. And notice what Jesus said in Mark 7, verse 14. And after he, that is Jesus, called the multitudes to him again, he began saying to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand there is nothing outside the man which going into him can defile him. But the things that proceed out of man are what defile the man. Now, let's apply that practically to something that we often hear conservatives quote about or against big government. Now, all of you know I'm very much against big government, but this is not the reason. The conservative says, just as Lord Acton said, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Now, many think that is a quote to use to attack all liberals and socialists. Absolutely not, because power does not corrupt. It is not something from the outside that corrupts. If power is misused, it is because of the corruption of man's heart. We are told that we should get rid of pornography on television because pornography corrupts young minds. Now, I'm all for getting pornography out of television. But beloved, pornography does not corrupt young minds. Your minds are corrupted already. Now, that does not justify pornography at all, but the point I'm making is you are not what your environment makes you. Nothing, Scripture says, from the outside going into a man can defile him. He's already defiled from the inside. And that is radical to most so-called experts today. Back to Mark 7. If any man has ears, let him hear. And when leaving the multitude, he had entered the house, and his disciples questioned him about the parable. And he said to them, Are you so lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that whatever goes into a man from outside cannot defile him? Because it does not go into his heart, but it goes into his stomach and is eliminated. Thus, he declared all foods clean. And he was saying... That which proceeds out of the man, that which is what defiles the man. 
For within the heart of men proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these things proceed from within and defile the man. And that is Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church here in San Jose with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. As we close out our time today, I'd leave you with our address, phone number, and our website. We'd love to hear from you. It always means a great deal to us when we hear somebody who has been listening to the program and being encouraged by it. It makes a big deal for us. 408-866-5607 is that phone number. Again, call us, 408 408- 866-5607. Or visit our website and leave us an email, reformedheritage.org. That's reformedheritage.org. And we also have past messages available, uh, an extensive library of audio that you can tap into at any time for free, right there at our website. Again, reformedheritage.org. Other resource materials are available from that website as well. If you'd rather write to us, the address is Abounding Grace, PMB 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That is here in Los Gatos. The zip code is 95032. Normally, we'd invite you to join us for worship, but since we have been suspended because of the COVID-19 crisis, we invite you to visit our website instead and pick out a couple of recent messages that Pastor Gary has delivered here at Reformed Heritage Church. Again, reformedheritage.org. We'll also give you updates at that website as to when we return to normal worship. And you're always welcome to call us as well for that kind of information, 408-866-5607. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. (music) 